Hello, everybody. <laughs> this is Zach. Pew, 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 pew. pew. <laughs> and this is Stuart. <laughs> oh, today is going to be a little bit silly. So, uh, you know, normally, normally when we... When we do an episode on something here, we try to lean into the positivity. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, this was my choice. Um, I, I know. seen the first like 10 minutes of it and I said, oh, this is animated. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, this is and, like. And it's, it's from the team of Archer. Um, yeah yeah well so it's more than that it's so it's it's yeah. the team of archer it's um the people who did uh into the spider-verse yeah bendables magic mike yeah um, there was a lot of big names on this and yeah i was like oh this is this is great uh i'm gonna put this on the roster and then i watched all of it <laughs> And yeah. I was like, well, it's too close to change it now, I think. <laughs> we'll just continue with this. Um, I'm not a huge, huge fan of this. This bit. I do think it does some clever things. I, I do. I, I think I think the animation. Animation, uh, it's... I feel it's like, like anime, Archer. It, it is, but it's more in that style of 2D. It's like where it's trying to... Yeah be 2d um it's it gave me very much vibes of um adult swim like yeah it had that adult swim feel yeah the zaniness of like of the wackiness of you know all of this um bro frat kind of retelling of of our independence yeah and just so everyone's aware um yeah, for the voice cast, uh, they have... Okay, so George Washington is voiced by Channing Tatum. Sam mm-hmm. Adams is Jason Manzukas. Thomas Edison is voiced by Olivia Munn, mm-hmm. who is a, uh Asian-American um, woman. I kind of... I, I like what they did with her character. Yeah, of. me too. I, I, I mean, she was the only one who was kind of, like, smart. Yeah. There was... Yeah, there was just like, I don't know, like George Washington was just like, kind of dumb just to be dumb. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, I mean, I think that goes in line with the characters that Channing Tatum play. Like, because whenever he's in a comedy, he's like, yeah, he knows but they that were he's an all guy, and so he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna play the the dumb beefcake <laughs> yeah but they were all kind of dumb just to be dumb the only like yeah. straight person was um um the native american um yeah Geronimo. Geronimo. yeah yeah and it's just like this is which yeah okay so so this leans very heavily into uh anachronism uh ahistorism as well mm-hmm. um and so I feel like some of the jokes, like I, my brother watched this movie and thought it was hilarious, but he also yeah. has a history degree. Um, yeah. So, at which I mean, you don't need a history degree to, to get this as funny. Like there, there are certain things that are funny about it. If, if yeah, I don't think all of the degree, jokes like, fall flat. It's just, it's um, 
yeah so so let me let me read in the the wikipedia summary where i got to in the movie as far as when i decided yeah we should cover this this is fun yeah in january 1776 just after signing the declaration of independence benedict arnold appears murdering all its signatories destroying Mm. independence hall and stealing the decoration or the declaration uh he then goes to ford's theater where george washington and his childhood best friend abraham lincoln are watching the play (laughs) because you know yeah there was like 20 years between their like washington's death and abraham lincoln's birth Um, yeah i mean again Well, Arnold then turns into a werewolf and kills Lincoln and destroys the Declaration. Before his death, Lincoln asks Washington to bring the American Revolutionary War to an end and to name their recovered country America. America, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in premise, it's it's very gonzo-y. It's very gon- it's it's my style of, like, I would have thought that I would think this, that... uh, well, that's a very convoluted way of saying it. I thought that I would have had a better time with this movie yeah. than I ended up having. I, I feel like it runs a little bit long. It just uh, runs if, long. It really does. And Which is saying something because it's 98 minutes. Um, yeah. I mean, it, I just feel like they reuse a lot of the same jokes and everything. Um, the animation's nice, especially with like a oh, lot yeah, of the, um, the combat and stuff like that. Um, I think the animation kind of like shines the best yeah but... yeah the, the mech which yes there are mechs that fight in yeah in this movie um paul bunyan is a literal giant he's 100 feet tall um, yeah, well i mean you know and he's got his blue ox yeah babe the blue ox yeah uh there are holograms um they do a callback to star wars with like at walkers and yeah. stuff that's like the very um in they um, well they they also contact john henry to make a silver bullet for them to kill benedict arnold and so to get silver they have to go to boston to steal the silver spoons from the titanic and then they accidentally sink it and then decide hey uh we'll just tell everyone it hit an iceberg bye yeah (laughs) Um, and it's just it it feels like it's trying to be wacky um for the sake of being wacky uh there's a lot of um i mean you know and gratuitous violence and gratuitous sex is not a bad thing if like you use it properly but i feel like there's a lot of just like thrown in parts and stuff like that yeah that just like okay i get it on the first joke but like the 18th joke you're just kind of like uh now it's getting a little cringy yeah and well and that's the pro like i feel like this would have been way better if it were like a 40 maybe a 40 30 to 40 minute episode like it it would let you do all of those jokes without repeating any of them yeah i feel like kind of maybe netflix given the budget was like no you have like this has to be a movie like we're we're not going to put out a short film with i mean Okay, Channing Tatum, Jason Manzukas, Olivia Munn, Bobby Moynihan is Paul Revere, Judy Greer is Martha Washington, Will Forte is Abe Lincoln, yeah. uh, Killer Mike is John Henry, um, Raul Trujillo is uh, Geronimo, 
Mm-hmm. Simon Pegg is King James and Andy Samberg is Benedict Arnold. Like, th- and there's a number of other luminaries that I'm just not, I'm not going to read a list off. Um, yeah. But like, there, there are a lot of big name voices and granted they, a lot of them recycle lines. Like the, a lot of the um, Archer people will show up and they'll, they'll play like um, anti LGBTQ rights activist. Yeah. Um, because yeah like so so much random stuff happens in this movie that it's yeah i I strongly urge people to read the wikipedia synopsis because um well and they try to hit on a lot of like popular top like i feel like this would age poorly just because a lot of jokes are kind of like um, way woven into current events at the moment. Yeah, and some and of the some of the stuff too is or the types of jokes where it's like, mm, I feel like that's not going to age in ten years. How you <laughs> think is going to age? Yeah. Um, I mean, and you know, it's it wasn't like a complete travesty. It's yeah. just like it. I don't know. I, I like I enjoyed it, but I got very bored halfway through yeah so see yeah it, it would have been better as, as like a 30 or 40 minute short film yeah um, or just I like think it goes back to and i know that stewart will probably say that it's just because i hate lord and miller <laughs> I think a lot of the weakness of this has to go with their comedic direction yeah um because they you know they they did the 21 and 22 Drum Street movies. They also did the Lego movie, so they're not unfamiliar with with jamming things together. Yeah. Um, but, like, their style of humor is not... I don't find it funny. I don't think that they're very good. I um, Yeah, and I feel like maybe there was just too many hands in the pie, and a lot of people were trying to put their own spin of humor onto yeah. it, and it just kind of loses this focus yeah i i know what you mean like i because there are definitely scenes where i'm like okay this feels more like archer okay yeah this feels less like art this feels more like um yeah because like there's like hunger force or something yeah um, yeah exactly and there's like there are interesting like cool parts where there's like um uh oh washington has these like chainsaw sort of like things that he straps <laughs> in his wrist yeah. and and that's kind of cool i mean it's not kind of cool that is pretty cool and there's this fight with this um one dude with like swords and stuff like that and and it's it's an interesting like combat scene and everything along those lines i'm like okay this is interesting but then it's like then they're like in the strip club like you know (laughs) and it's like oh okay well this is strip for them in, in, in it like in magic mike yeah and <laughs> yeah, channing tatum is animated while voicing a separate character in this movie i think that's hilarious yeah and and it's like it just it feels it feels like there were a lot of directions that i was trying to go and it feels a little um just it doesn't feel very directed yeah yeah and now, like to apply some like some literary analysis to it, I I do think where it it succeeds is not necessarily as noticeable. 
mm-hmm. um, because I feel like there's 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 a story that it's trying to tell, and it's you know it's 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 there's the satire of like what America like what yeah the typical like uh, I don't want to be mean the or sucking anything. off of the founding fathers that, that yeah tend to do yeah 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 or or just like the the uh frat bros of like oh yeah this is you know this is what america is it's like yeah so i i think it does a really good job though of making the like and it's 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 buried down in there because so much of it is like titties and explosions and beer yeah right (laughs) but but part of me thinks that there's a deeper message that they're going for of like like going balls to the wall with the sort of like ridiculous superhero awesome bullshit that people make the founding fathers out to be yeah yeah especially not with at like... all true like and and part of that is is done by how they jam things together willy-nilly mm-hmm. um because like well so like it it um it work i was i was uh touring a a, a historic home right Mm-hmm. And um, one of the people who was on the tour happened to be an interior designer and pointed out one of the historic homes because it's it's donated. Um, there, there there's donated materials in there. Yeah. Uh, what she was pointing out is that like, look, this this piece of furniture um, would have been popular in the 30s. This piece would have been from like the 1880s. This piece would have been from 1910s. Like. And what she was saying is, is, you know, when it comes to antiques or maybe history that's old, I'll apply to this movie. um, Anything that's more than like 50 or 60 years old just kind of gets lumped into the same time frame as like, yeah, that happened then. But like, there's there's decades between some of these things. Um, If not... uh, hundreds of years <laughs> yeah where people want to lump it together again with like oh uh, washington and um lincoln or childhood lincoln. Well, yeah where it's like no this happened like washington is um at the end of the movie he inaugurates the grand opening of america at his monument which had been built before but i, I want to say it was it was closer to 1900 than not when that was built um and he's also speaking with im pay to build a um a memorial for abe lincoln im pay um designed an apple campus like he's he's yeah uh, let me look him up okay i mean so he died in in 2019 like and so yeah like the joke there is is yeah everything's getting jammed together and and weird and the ultimate point they make at the end is when he like opens opens up America and welcomes the birth of his son Denzel because Denzel Washington Washington get it ha 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 so funny the the crowd disrupts it um, because they start arguing over like abolitionism and women's rights and giving yeah. land to the natives and right to bear arms and this that and the other and it's like he he like immediately becomes very anxious about like oh this country's gonna get fucked up and it's like yeah yeah man like yeah <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty terrible yeah. that's not where i'd end my movie but <laughs> yeah especially <laughs> like on you, this note yeah 
Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the like animated movies take a while. This was announced in 2017, mm. um, and it, it didn't come out until 2021. So yeah. that's that's four Oops. years is a long time yeah. to to sit on on anime or to sit with animation rather because they they mm. weren't sitting on it or anything. But but still, um, that that seems like kind of a an awful long time to put together a movie like this but again i think there were a lot of like high named people in there it was probably a lot of different directions that they wanted to go yeah i mean halfway through production is when covid would have happened oh yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean this is all voice work but you you still like not all of these are, are people who like amber nash does a voice on here mm-hmm. um judy greer and lucky yates like i would trust them to be able to properly set up a home studio because like voice acting is what they do yeah yeah but like i don't know would would like channing tatum or will forte know. Yeah. know how to set up their own voice no like they're, they're probably going to have to hire someone to come in and create a home studio yeah yeah um so you know like there's there's some plausible reasons for it to have been shut down uh, for a little bit or production to have, have slowed a little bit mm-hmm. it it doesn't age any of the jokes because all of them are like anime jokes um i will say i think it's funny that the british are trying to make people british by dunking them in tea and yeah. doing like cloud seeding but with tea instead of water yeah um, and how like king george is a very um i guess akin to he's like Mojo's. Oh. Yeah, he, well, he's he's like Palpatine, but he's also he's animated like Mojo, where he's too fat to like walk. Yeah, so he's, he's like, like this, in this yeah this contraption thing. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Sam Adams just being blatantly racist? Uh, was Sam Adams like I I have no idea who this character like historically was he? Racist I mean, all of them. I, I mean, assume, all of them yeah. thought it was cool to own people. So yeah. So I mean, yeah, yeah. Like that's the thing that no one, yeah. no one really talks about uh, unless you're in like lefty circles. Like, because even even like centrists will will be like, yeah, the founding fathers and blah 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 blah. But it's like, they yeah, were man, cool they've been dead that, for yeah. hundreds of years and they were cool with owning people. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to to say yeah. about that um i i don't know what you want me to do about like this. sam adams yes was a real person and there's a beer named after him but i i and i do think it's funny that seeding the clouds with beer turns people into fraud bros yeah um yeah uh, i mean it's, so it's, it seems like sam adams from like my brief cursory reading um yeah. it seems like he was not like not i mean not uh, yeah yeah like racist for for today's times um he's the one that was kind of like he was more revolutionary um, interested in them revolting against the british way before they actually did actually did it yeah um what do you think about their um i guess uh interpretation of paul revere about like his horse obsession of his horse obsession i thought that was hilarious yeah i like i especially like that he fuses himself with with a horse and becomes a centaur yeah Yeah. 
I did find that kind I mean, of funny. Yeah, th- those like little moments are funny and everything along those lines. And it's like, you know, when they're playing together this this team of of people and stuff like that, it's you know, it's it's a fun sort of uh, romp and everything. Yeah, but like, it's a very I guess formulaic team where you have you know your the science dude and yeah the 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 tank yeah and even like you know you have your uh the straight man with uh geronimo you have like the um edison who is your token because she's the only female there and then you have yeah. the blacksmith uh what was john henry yeah yeah and it's just like it's it was very formulaic and kind of played out a little bit um yeah well and the thing about sam adams being super racist um and and misogynist like he was just like they 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 have him as a terrible person it was it was just it was just hard and like you know, they were making jokes about him. They were, like, you know, joking on him and stuff like that. But, like, you know, again, after, like, the 15th joke, you're just like, okay, I get it. Right. And, and um, yeah, I mean, well, and, and part of it, too, is that with, with um, I think more what they were going for was not, like, any sort of historical thing is, um, I don't know if you've ever been or not, but, but Boston is... I will say as someone who has lived in the South their entire life, Mm -hmm. um, that Boston is probably one of the most racially segregated and racist cities I've ever been in. Oh, okay. So part of that could be them like playing up his, his, uh, his heritage or his like um... mass hole attitude because he's from massachusetts he's obviously a racist piece of shit yeah um like it's yeah it's it's way bad it it is not a good town for racial equality um but yeah like they they do very weird like they 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 um want to make you know sam adams this huge huge racist uh which mm-hmm. i mean he probably was I, I i don't care about the founding fathers um yeah. long time listeners will know i have very not great feelings about our country yeah. uh-huh. um but you know they don't have thomas jefferson in here where i i feel like yeah you can't like make those types of jokes with that character um yeah i i, I it's it's very pointed who they leave out um oh no well they do have thomas jefferson in there never mind Hmm. he's he's not one of the like main characters main characters though so i i guess i forget about him okay but yeah i mean they could they could do that with other characters too and it's just like i yeah and again some of the writing in this is not great like i said it it would be better served as a half hour short film (laughs) yeah and you know again the big thing is just like it's it feels like there's good parts of the movie. There are like, you know, decent parts where I definitely gave a chuckle and I was like, oh, you know, that's, I, I get the satire. I get what they're trying to aim for, but it just, 
it overstays its welcome. I feel like it yeah. just feels like, you know, it's, it's, it's overplayed a little bit. And like, I get what you're trying to do. Like, I don't, and I don't know if it's trying to be like tongue in cheek about it, but it's like, aha, you, you get like, you know, like it's giving you that nudge, nudge sort of like feel. And it's like this, you're not being like, like, I, I get it. I got it on the, the third joke. Like, yeah. I, I understand that this is a satire. Like, are you bringing anything else to the table? Yeah. Because I can just turn you off now unless there's anything new that you're bringing to the table. Yeah. Yeah. Because, well, you know, the animation, like I said, is is decent. Like, I, I like the animation. Um, I enjoy, like... Archer does a fantastic, their team does fantastic, like, um, work on, like, backgrounds. Like, I think their background drawings were amazing. I think that a lot of the, again, sort of, like, the action scenes were really cool and stuff. Yeah. Um, it just, the characters and the whole concept gets old fast and, unfortunately, it's just not super great. Yeah, it's um, it's disappointing. I feel bad. Um, I I seem to recently pick uh, films that no one likes watching. No, I mean that's sort of your um, thing. Is though you find no, I mean like it's it's your thing in the aspect of of like you find hidden gems. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, sometimes you, the gem is just like you sometimes, know, yeah, sometimes shit too. <laughs> I sometimes think all, it's a diamond, sometimes it's copper light. <laughs> you know, they all can't be bangers. You know, they... So what they, I'd like to do is... is uh, so and, and I don't think I said at the top, uh, this was a Rotten Tomato score of 33% and a oof. Metacritic score of 38%. Oof. So we are... I guess we're in the norm. When yeah, we're, which when is we're strange doing. because I... Yeah, and, and that's I've the said thing. multiple times that, like, well, honestly, you... I think criticism is largely pointless, but, like, reading some of these critic reviews, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so are they, they are... critic reviews, or are they, like... Yeah, they're, they're, they're like, one-line crit- criticisms. Oh, okay. um, so Amy Nicholson of New York Times called it raunchy, aggressively inane cartoon that flips mm-hmm. the bird on screen and thematically to a strain of patriotism that insists that slave owners who started this country were sober-minded heroes whose vision of democracy remains flawless bro mm-hmm. i agree with that uh, <laughs> yeah. uh the washington post uh inku king gave the um score 1.5 out of four stars and wrote that the gulf between stupid smart and just plain stupid feels immeasurably vast when watching America. It, it, it does. Um, I, I agree with that as well. It's aiming for the former but lands squarely in the latter. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it's it's trying to be smarter than the writing is, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even the ones on the plus side are not, like, great. So, like, um, let's see. So I agree with this one from IndieWire that says it's a goofy mishmash of riffs on prominent historical figures. Uh, Most of the time it's knowingly stupid, which makes watching it 90 minutes of occasional fun with frequent indifference. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, it wears you down over time, but especially early on, it's too satisfied just to be shocking and irreverent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the wow, there was only the okay. So there were two good critic reviews. One was from Michael Nordine of Variety, mm -hmm. uh, saying that the loyalists, though loyalists and sticklers for historical accuracy may not consider it their cup of tea, America will likely win over anyone who knows not to take it too seriously. Um, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... <laughs> that's it, such a, a fine post. Well, it's a fine line of like, oh, so this movie's not taking it seriously. It's like, so... Like, should I just watch a movie just so I can have some dumb fun? It, it's it, it's hard because, like, you know, yeah, there are moments when, like, I yeah. want to turn off my brain and be like, oh, this is, you know, dumb fun. But, like, I, I don't know. It just it felt like it was actively just bad. Yeah, well, so the thing about that criticism to me is uh, the the one that I I read from Variety yeah. um, is really offensive as a it, because what it does is it frames the person who does not like this as a um, like a like a woke scold uh, nerd who has no sense of humor if you don't mm -hmm. like it, and it's like I. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, the only other positive one, let's see, was Randy Myers at New at, uh, the Mercury News. Um, it gave it three out of four stars mm. and said, even when you think it's only acting rude and juvenile, just because it's much smarter than that, particularly whenever it skewers American attitudes, both conservative and liberal. Um, it just because something makes fun of of a political view doesn't mean it's smart yeah um i i feel like i feel like a lot of that that criticism comes from this having come out after the trump presidency and just being like fuck it yeah nothing matters right yeah um, where it's like oh if you get offended or if like you don't get this then you know you don't you don't understand it's like no i i understand what you're doing like yeah it's like i, so, I got it <laughs> so um and this was before you know the um trump presidency and everything along those lines um uh the puppet movie uh the um america uh what oh, team movie? america team america yeah yeah um it, it kind of suffers from that same uh vein where because I think Team America is actually a lot funnier and interesting than this. Yeah, it is. Well, and that's, I honestly, I think and, that's because Trey Parker and Matt Stone are much better comedy writers. Than... Yeah, where a lot of the jokes aren't like reused and stuff like yeah. that. And they're kind of getting at that same, um, same vein of like, yeah. you know, um, bombastic america where it's so over the top that it's you know um it's ridiculous right right and i think that they do a really good job at that and i feel like this is trying to aim for that but it doesn't have the writing and even you know uh, um 
I remember, and a lot of people also probably remember, like, there were songs in there that was, like, very catchy. And even though the um, the marionettes looked like shit, it, the writing just really, like, propelled it to a, an interesting concept. Yeah. Where this is, like, the animation looks good, but, like, they don't have the writing there. Like, oh, yeah, no, it's, I, it's totally not there in terms of writing. Like, there are funny, like, instances where, you know, like, George Washington has fucking arm-length Deadpool from the Wolverine movie. Clause, yeah. But, I don't know, like, I, that that can't carry a 90-minute movie. Yeah. <laughs> and especially when you're just, like, reusing the same joke over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. So well, Yeah, and especially, too, it's the type of joke, because it's, like, and and I don't know if this is ge- this might ge- be geared for someone who's slightly more conservative than me, who is who is. Do you think uh, so? Yeah, because I think this is skewed towards centrists because mm. a lot of the jokes in here are, um, hey, we're gonna make fun of uh, the conservatives, which it's like, yay, woo, liberals love making fun of conservatives. Mm. And then it turns around and when it makes fun of of liberals, it's not the milk toast standard centrist view. It's like, oh, uh, I, women should be able to choose what they do with their own body. Hey, let's make fun of this activist, right? Yeah. Like so, it's it's. I feel like the comedy in this is geared towards someone who is your standard liberal, and not anyone who's like would identify themselves as a progressive. Yeah. Um. And, you know, I didn't get that in the first 10 minutes when I decided to cover this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it became very clear when I watched all of it that I was just like, oh, this is this is not for me. This is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, you don't have to apologize. When I, Again. when I watched it, I was like, oh, it's too late to change this. Like, I feel bad a few days before. I mean, I was. Going. I was worried that I was going to, like, come and, like, shit all over it. And you have been like, I actually really like this. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I was a little worried about that. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to, like, come across as the person who, you know, dislikes it. And, um, yeah. No, because I dislike it as well. Um, but, I mean, I feel like it's good that we're actually talking about it. Because, you know, largely, like I said, criticism, I think, is is pointless. But mm-hmm. if you, if you, I feel like if you contextualize things rather than just going, yeah, it's good or yeah, it's bad. Like that's, that's one thing. Like there are parts of this movie that are okay, but yeah, I mean, all in all, I feel like the writing doesn't really, it's not meant for long-term consumption. Like you said, like, yeah. like 10 years down the road, this is not going to age well, age well. Um, yeah. So you know, Again, Team America, so there are jokes in Team America that don't age well either. But, like, all in all, I feel like the writing is a little bit stronger. And, I again, I feel like, and this is why I'm comparing it to that um, movie, is I think that they're both trying to do the same thing. And I feel like Team America does it stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um... So yeah, what do you say we talk about something good and talk about our me me me's? Sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, it, a me 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 could always be shit too. <laughs> like, I mean, 
Maybe. I think there's two things on here that I might be like, eh. Okay. But, uh, yeah, like, I got a total of five things over three different media topics. Nice. Um, I got three. Okay. Gotcha. So I'll let you start off. Okay, cool. Well, so I will talk about the... Uh, let me see. What do I want to start with? Yeah, I'll start off with TV. Um, okay. So... One of the things that I did was uh, I finally sat down. It was in my queue. I, I I think that I'm leaning towards getting rid of Netflix, if I'm being okay. honest. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so I'm I, trying to watch things through my queue. Yeah. Um, the, I don't have Netflix. I'm, yeah. No. Yeah, no, I know. And and I, it's funny. I I still have a queue of like, I think I've got like 60 things in there. That I, that, that I would like to cut through before mm-hmm. I get rid of it because I want to see them. Yeah. Um, which sounds like a lot, but I'm the guy that also figured out that there's a digital queue limit of 500. Yeah. Um, and so over the course of the pandemic, I cut I mean, through you, a lot of that. Yeah, you um, through a lot. And so I finally got to this one that, that uh, you had talked about a couple of years ago, I think. Oh. Um, and I say it, I got to it, it like it's only six episodes. Uh, I finally sat down and watched Neo Yokio. Oh yeah, yeah, it's dumb, isn't it? God, I bet it hasn't aged well. So okay, so for... you want a large Toblerone? <laughs> Toblerone. Toblerone. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. God. The, so for anyone who's unaware, Ezra Koenig um, is the lead singer and guitar player of Vampire Weekend. Um, mm-hmm who grew up in a massive amount of privilege like he is he i think is a the son or related to an ambassador to another country Mm -hmm. um he went he vampire weekend all of those guys met at columbia which is an ivy league university yeah um and so he's very like way up the ass of new york um because to, to exist and be that up the ass of New York, you have to have considerable amounts of privilege and, and wealth. Yeah. Um, and so he decided to create this anime uh, in which Tokyo and New York were combined to yeah. be the greatest city in the world. Yeah. Um, flying robots. And, yeah, there's flying robots. There's it, So it's an alternate timeline. Like, it's set in our world, but it's an alternate timeline where New York um, was saved by magicians. Yeah. Um, in the 19th century. And so, so there's... Mages are the upper echelons of society. Yeah, they, like, um, do a lot of exorcisms and stuff like that. Um, and so <laughs> the series kind of follows a character voiced by Jaden Smith, another person yeah. who has grown up in an immense amount of privilege, privilege yeah. without ever having any sort of pushback on his bullshit statements. Um, it's like, kind of, drop out of school. You don't need school. It's like, mm. uh, A lot of people do, man. Uh, <laughs> so Uh, there's a lot of back and forth he has this rival that is like an old money scion um who makes who who like bullies kaz uh who's the 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 character character. voices because he's neorish um yeah it's it's so it's so like 
so weird and so like strange like weird classism and stuff like that and it is you know what it did is it <clears throat> and this may be a, a bit too much of a, a peek behind the curtain in my personal life so when i was in middle school going into mm. high school um i uh took a a uh, like an entrance test um mm -hmm. to a, a private school yeah and <clears throat> you know my parents would not have been able to afford it yeah you know, because private schools are because super it's a, expensive it's a private school yeah. um and so i scored high enough on it that i was able to attend through high school for Look free you being right? smart and so i went to school with a lot of people that were like that were like this yeah like i i went i went to school with children of people who were you know either in the family of billionaires or were a billionaire yeah um, that's the Where type of like... people i went to high school with and it it sucks and those people suck <laughs> so bad um, yeah where they like have competitions of like who looks the fanciest like i think there was an episode about like has like getting clothes or something like that or yes, having, like... yeah he's he's <laughs> getting clothes for a ball a black yeah. ball. um and then there's like this he or uh, uh hikikomori yeah yeah which is like it's a weird glimpse into that like kind of culture and everything along those lines yeah just, I, I have to admit i'm not a huge fan because like um world war z did this mm -hmm. and ready player one did it too i feel like yeah. whenever a western property which like this is styled like an anime um but it's it was it's, from a western studio yeah yeah it's it's from friends night uh which is based in uh so they're they're a sub group of adult swim mm -hmm. and titmouse who are also a subgroup i think of adult swim um yeah they may be independent but regardless like it's it's western through and through uh, a guy um from new york wrote it <laughs> like yeah. there, there is no japanese counterpart or manga <laughs> counterpart to this that it's based on um i always find it kind of offensive when when western um pieces of media uh use like hikikomori stuff yeah because and for it's not like, good it, like it, you no it, you. it is a legitimate mental disorder like yeah it's, um, like these people have like trash and like usually like cans all over their place like their entire place is basically um well it's it's like like people who hoard here um mm -hmm. but and this isn't even 100 percent accurate because you know i'm not a, a psychologist yeah. or um it's it's adult children uh, adult men that are adult people that that live with um their their parents and have their parents like do everything for them or they're shut into one room yeah um, i mean there's some people who are like in their apartment just shut in their apartment and they have like 
you know, things delivered and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's... it's... Well, yeah, so, like, I'm looking at the, the Wikipedia right now, and so there's, there are, like, there's actually a clinical definition for someone who is a hikikomori, mm-hmm. and it is, uh, they have to satisfy... Uh, a number of things so spending most of the day and nearly every day confined to home marked in persistent avoidance of social situations and social relationships uh, social withdrawal symptoms causing significant functional impairment uh, duration of at least six months and no apparent physical or mental etiology to account for the social withdrawal symptoms yeah um this excludes people with schizophrenia intellectual disability and bipolar disorders um and excludes people who do have personal relationships so like friendships online and stuff so like this is specifically Mm -hmm. people who are interacting with a void if they are interacting with people at all like it's a yeah like it is a mental disorder and so i kind of feel weird whenever western media adapts it because it's like no you're you're treating this like you're just an otaku Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a yeah, very different which thing. Which is a very different thing, yeah. Um so yeah, I mean it's it's one that I also largely did not like. I was just like, oh, what is what is with this show? Yeah, it's it's um, and it kind of becomes wacky just to be wacky as well. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's not great. Um I'm, I'm sure it aged poorly. Yeah, it doesn't age well. I mean, a part of me bounced off it real hard because I, I mean, if you, take you away, if you take away the magic and the, the robots and stuff, like, yeah, yeah I, I knew people like this. Like, um, yeah. Who yeah. had these attitudes. Um, and maybe that was why it was a little bit more easily digestible for me is because this seemed like such a outside world that yeah. I never, like, been a part of. Right. Yeah, yeah. well, like, you know the i feel like the last two episodes are the strongest yes um, yeah and then the the special is is funny um but yeah no the first four episodes i was just like jesus what is when is this gonna get good because i heard it was good <laughs> i mean i wouldn't call it good yeah <laughs> it's definitely um, a so thing. yeah your your mileage may vary with this sh- with the show um you know yeah. i can see why someone would find this entertaining um i didn't find like it, they could have just put out the christmas special um and it would have been fine because i feel and like the christmas special even covered pretty much everything that, th- that was going on and it yeah. gave you enough of a snapshot of what this of like oh this like. is yeah this is yeah. what's what's happening um and then the other thing that I did TV related was uh, got caught up with Disenchantment. Um, nice. It's still a really good show. I really like it. It's yeah. Uh, it's it's fantasy Futurama. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, basically. But it it plays out like someone's D and D game, where it's just like, yeah, I'm kind of a princess and I don't want to be, and then it's just like. It's like, oh wow, now I'm interacting with uh, hell lords and shit. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, it definitely takes a turn. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, do you have have you watched any of that I've at all? Seen the first season. I oh, haven't seen gotcha. the second season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and and Netflix does that the weird thing that they do with some of their shows 
um, where they're like, well, the two first two things we release are actually the first season because it's part one and part two and it's like yeah they do like that mid-season break don't don't do that thing (laughs) yeah please don't (laughs) just if you're gonna put it out put it out all at once but i do highly recommend this if you like um futurama or if you like uh like specifically monty python and the holy grail yeah because it's it's that type of yeah it's it's that type of humor Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I kind of want to get a Lucy tattoo because Eric Andre um, makes that character hilarious. Yeah. Um, he's the little demon. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't really want to spoil it. Other than saying, go watch Disenchantment. It's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> Definitely good. What What was your thing? Uh, so my thing, I know I kind of talked a little bit about it, um, last time on the BBBs, but, um, I am still playing Elden Ring. Um, I am still enjoying it, but I know I was trying to, like, go kind of sure on it, like, not trying to spoil myself too much. Uh, well, that is out the window. Uh, and, and it's interesting because it's it's again one of the first um, like souls like games. I played a little bit of Bloodborne, but mm. um, Bloodborne's very linear. You know, it's it's definitely a, um, a walking hallway. There is so this is open world, and um, I it, it's hard sometimes because you get to a boss and you're like fighting the boss. And then you quickly realize, like, am I am I just crap shit at like souls like games, or am I under leveled? Like, you kind of have to balance out that, like, am I just bad, or am I just don't, or do I just not have the stats? Am I in like a um, a zone because they're kind of broken up in like zones, basically like MMOR. PG zones where if you get into this particular zone, you should be around this level. Um, so I didn't know about these zones, and I ended up um, trying to fight one of the major bosses very under level. And apparently, it's it's something that a lot of people kind of happen on because if you go like straight to this particular boss, mm. um, you will be very under level if you don't explore. <laughs> So I was playing and, you know, I was like trying to compete with this boss. And in my mind, I'm like, am I just not good at Souls-like games or am I, you know, just under level? So I ended up having to reference a guide. And the guide basically tells you like, oh, you should be, if you're in this zone, you should be around this level. And it's it's gone a lot better. Um, it's because I can sort of know what to expect when I'm in that zone. And I can kind of like prepare a little bit. I know it does kind of take away um, a bit of the mystique um, in the sense that I kind of know what's going to happen in that zone because, you know, I 
it basically tells you all of like the major lab points and things along those lines. So you can be like, oh, okay, you know, I can kind of expect X, Y, and Z. You know, if I want to, I can compete with this boss and get this particular item or, or something along those lines. But now that I've had this guide, or uh, it's basically just the wiki, the wiki of um, Elden Ring, uh, it's been a lot more enjoyable. It's been even more enjoyable because, um, you know, I can expect a challenge and I've gotten better. I've gotten better at like rolling and pairing and I'm just ending up specking a, a big old dumb fighter where I'm just putting <laughs> all of my stats into a uh, strength. I, um, I went through this one dungeon, which was pretty cool and got this really interesting sword but you have to have like a ridiculous amount of strength to use it. So, mm. so I'm giving that a go. And uh, yeah, I've been really enjoying it. Um, I definitely, uh, right now I've put in about 40 hours into the game. Oh. And I've only probably gone through one fifth of it. So it's, oh. it's yeah, it's definitely a lot. Um, it's definitely a, a game that's worth its price, um, just with the content and everything along those lines. But I've really been enjoying it. I've been enjoying playing my first Souls-like game, and I look forward to eventually beating it. Eventually. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, But it, it's interesting because it's definitely a game where I have to sit down and be like, all right, I've got like three hours. I can dedicate like three hours to it because it's it's a game where you can't really just like, oh, I'm going to play it for like 30 minutes and um, you know hope that I complete something because you're not, unfortunately. You just need that time. Yeah. So it's definitely a game that um, you have to like put in some time and everything along those lines. But I've been enjoying it. I've definitely been um, enjoying exploring, enjoying going around. Um, now that I kind of like understand a little bit more about it, I've uh, I've been having a good time with it. Well, good, good. Because yeah. I mean, yeah, like I I see there's a lot of hype around that game. It is, and um, you know, it's interesting because like. I hear that it's one of the harder Souls-like, and then some people are like, oh, no, it's an easier Souls-like. It's just, it's a good game. It's a good, fun Souls-like game, and um, the exploration's really fun. And if you're not big into the whole, like, just wandering around, I would definitely just recommend taking a look at the map, because the map has um, basically the zones where... It has recommended levels that you should be, but it also has like points of interest if you just wanted to go like straight to like a mid dungeon or if you want to get a certain item and things along those lines. You can because there is no like real item description. Uh, there, it's like most Souls like games where it just it doesn't hold your hand. It's like well you figure it out, and sometimes you just <laughs> can't figure it out, and you're like well. Now what? Well, so. guess I'm throwing this controller against the wall. <laughs> yeah, so uh, wikis, 
they they are amazing and good and fun yeah it's it's amazing to me how um how well kept a lot of wikis are yeah um especially if you're talking about like the fandom site i'm assuming mm-hmm. yeah where yeah like it's amazing how in-depth some of them are and it's very clear to me where like with some podcasts that i listen to um like the adventure zone yeah you can tell when a lot of fans stopped staying on board because yeah it ends and it's like the information just kind of ends yeah kind of <laughs> kind of sad but yeah it's kind of sad yeah because like i gotta admit i was not a huge fan of graduation and i know i'm one not was. digging either see oh i haven't even listened to it but yeah i heard the um you know unfortunately a lot of people just did not like graduation and um which sucks because i feel like um yeah yeah the, i i feel like the guy who travis i think was travis, the DM, yes yes um he like it was his first time doing it and so i feel like he made some some he, errors that he made a lot of errors unfortunately and the, I feel um, like he got a lot of unfair criticism uh some of the criticism is correct oh i i agree with some yeah. of the criticism it's funny um one of the criticism was um he would introduce too many npcs like so he's having people, conversations with himself <laughs> yeah and a lot of people were like i can't track all of these npcs and it's funny because um there was this one like thread where this one person was talking about like this talking cat or i forget the name of the character but like this weird cat that did this weird thing and people were like oh oh i haven't you know uh, uh, that's cool and and it came to fruition that the person had just made up that npc in this thread and like people actually started believing it because there were just too many like oh, npcs no. to like keep track of and then they're like oh you you made this up and then it kind of became like a fan favorite even though it wasn't like a real npc or anything along those lines yeah so yeah that kind of i mean it's just it's the pitfalls like and especially just having like so many eyes on your creation it's hard like you know i feel if i was in that situation i would be like super nervous too just to be like oh no am i like doing this correctly or you know we play D D together yeah and i feel like i would be extremely nervous and apprehensive to have so many people listening to my game just because i wouldn't be sure like am i doing this the right way or you know is is this coming across as weird or something along those lines? It's it's hard. I, I all I'm saying is like I understand his situation and I feel bad for what happened, but I understand like why people didn't really like it. Yeah, uh, which is you know it's it's kind of a shame. Um because yeah like there there are some really good um sections of the stories that they tell um mm -hmm. griffin is usually the best i think at, yeah at running those yeah. um 
and and uh like part of me thinks the fan base for that that show is also kind of toxic because um, uh, i mean well like so so for example i mean i feel like this could be a podcast right here this could but like so <laughs> so uh all Just i talking know about, yeah. is with i mean with did we Heath... talk about um adventure zone I think we've talked about the comics. The comics, okay, okay. But but the um the the podcast followers, there's a lot of toxicity. So like the um the latest thing that I, that I kept track with or, or crossed my my dashboard on um, Twitter was the uh, current season did kind of a um, a, a prologue where they, mm. they describe the destruction of the world because it's a post-post-apocalypse, right? Yeah. Or it's a post-apocalypse, right? Set underwater. And they the, the system that they used to do that, to facilitate this, was uh, an indie game called The Quiet Year. And oh, okay. you've got a lot of story gamers, which have a lot of toxicity in them, mm. um, complaining about them them using it and then switching to D 5e because story gamers apparently hate 5e okay. um and that. then the other thing is that when they first introduced the story so and and this is this is where some other toxicity comes some some people feel differently mm. i feel that it's toxic is just because it's not extending benefit of the doubt yeah uh and it seemed more like piling on is when Griffin uh, was describing the game, um, the author uh, has since transitioned. Okay. And so, when crediting early. so when crediting the um, the game, uh, he inadvertently deadnamed. Oh. Um, okay. And so, but so here's where the thing comes in: is they started dogpiling and. And, and uh, berating him and calling him insensitive and whatever. Yeah. Until the designer spoke up and said, hey, um, I just looked through all of my games. Because, like, I pulled it up on, because on, I have a copy of The Quiet Year. And yeah. I'm like, huh, that I don't understand why people are getting angry. That's the name that's on mine. Um, the creator had not updated the itch files. Oh, okay. And so yeah. that's the mm. only thing that, griffin had to go off of, yeah, yeah which sucks it's a it's a shitty situation for for anyone but like the piling on effect without going yeah like reaching I mean, out the to internet the, yeah the without internet. without reaching yeah. out to the creator and going hey do you realize that this happened all it would have mm -hmm. taken was the creator to look at it briefly and go wait 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 i have not update updated this file yeah um which I mean, kudos to them for stepping in and going, "Hey, y'all need to kind of knock it out." Like it was, it yeah, was legitimately is... an accident because I, I was yeah. not consistent with with what I did. Yeah, this is some too of the much. blame lies here as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, like it's it's things like that that a lot of their audience tends to pile on to them. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so i mean not with that specific thing but with like other other things that, that have popped up over the years i i still yeah. enjoy the show it's just ether c is I, i'm not a huge fan of like underwater stuff and a lot of it takes place underwater yeah yeah i just 
Well, I mean, this kind of transition to my second thing, if I oh, can go. okay, yeah. yeah. Well, why, don't you, why don't you do your second thing? So uh, my second thing is I've actually been not listening to a podcast, but I guess kind of watching a podcast-ish. It's, um, it's a D&D, well, not D&D, it's a role-playing, um, I guess, a role-playing video. Uh, that Drawfee, um, I've recommended them before. Their YouTube channel is fantastic. I think they are um, amazing people. They usually do like drawing, drawing tech challenges and stuff like that. But they also run a um, a role playing game, and it's called Draw Detectives. And basically, the three uh, characters are uh, there's usually four hosts with draw fee. Um, one of them runs the actual game. She's fantastic um, because, again, it, it's visual. It's on YouTube. So she draws all, like, the backgrounds. She draws a lot of the NPCs. Um, sometimes she, yeah, sometimes she voices the NPCs. Sometimes they have, like, um, guest voices. Um, I know that um, Pro-Z did one of the... Um, uh, voices for one of the NPCs. He's um he's a I guess a real famous uh voice actor and everything along those lines. Huh. Yeah. And um so they and it's not any sort of system. It's not like they're they're playing D D or they're playing like anything else. They're just kind of playing a very much homebrewed like they role play there's no dice rolling or anything along those lines there's nothing that like they have to do they're just more solving a homebrew system or is it like using like fate or no no so it's it's no in like no system whatsoever it's just them kind of role playing and kind of riffing with each other um you know and again it's more them trying to solve a mystery so there's a uh just a lot of them like figuring out clues that um the i guess the gm is giving them but then there's also drawing challenges within the like actual role playing so there's role playing and then they end up like kind of like drawing certain things like you know um in this particular because there's two seasons i'm watching the second season like in the second season um people's memories are kind of like getting wiped and uh one of the drawing challenges is they had to like draw a particular scene from the memory and since they're all professional artists um they you know have that kind of skill to make those drawings which is really cool Hmm. and um again it's it's just it's I say it's like role playing, but it's more storytelling. It's like group storytelling, where they're all kind of, you know, building up a a story together. Yeah, um, I mean, they are they are playing characters. It looks like on the um, yes the wiki. So yes, how yes, that role and, playing. Uh, and the characters are the ones that they designed. They they drew each of them drew their uh, characters and everything along those lines. Um. It's it's really fun. I, I really enjoy it. It is something that you have to watch 
So it's not like a... Um, There's no like a podcast or anything. Yeah, either. you would lose a lot if you watched it in podcast sort of like format. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, I really enjoyed it. I um, It's one of the... Um, it's one of the first like quote-unquote Let's Plays or RPG games that um, I've really become like invested in again um okay with, yeah with um with me not really listening to to many uh i guess like the main podcast rpgs like um critical role or yeah. adventure zone this really kind of fits that itch and it's very unique it's a very much different uh way of storytelling uh, with both visual aspects as well as um, role playing aspects, as well as just like being able to improv with each other, and you, they've worked together. They've worked together as Drawfi for two years, but I believe they've been, you know, working together off and on for like five years. So their chemistry as a group of people is very awesome, and you can um, you can really tell with the whole like group storytelling. Nice. Yeah, that and sounds like something all, I would like to check out. Because... Yeah, yeah, I would recommend the first um, season. They're on season two. They're about to wrap it up. Okay. But um, is it is it on YouTube? I don't want to open up a separate browser. Yeah, yeah. So YouTube? if you if you just go to YouTube and you type in uh, Drawfee, okay. Um, yeah, you'll be able to find it. I'm sure. I think they have it as a um, as a playlist. Well, I, I noticed that. Um, it says dropout, which is why I was asking, which is the, the college humor streaming service. I didn't know if it was like dimension 20 where you had to have a subscription. Nope. It's on, it's on YouTube. Nice. Yeah. Um, I guess the main source of their revenue is, um, they have a Patreon, so ah. you can support them through Patreon or they, um, stream on Twitch. Occasionally they do just like drawing streams. Um, hmm. if you're subscribed to them, I believe they do like, um actual lessons on like how to draw particular like figures or you know how to draw in a certain aspect or something along those lines so so they do a lot of um educational sort of streams as well oh, that's on like how to draw yeah yeah they're all like they all have their own sort of unique way of drawing and it's all really good nice yeah Okay. Well, um, so my, let's see, next thing is, uh, <laughs> this is going to be another stinker. Um, so <laughs> I watched uh, Jungle Cruise. Oh, yeah, with uh, The Rock. With The Rock and uh, Emily Blunt, I think, is the, yeah, so... I watched it knowing, like, knowing full well it's a Disney movie because I, I saw it on Disney Plus. Yes, um, and it's it's basically, or it's based on a ride, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's based on a ride. Because um, I wish her... Disney would stop doing that because I don't think rides can carry a movie. I mean, Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean did so well, so they're like one I mean, of these things yeah but the first one's good and then everything else kind of sucks <laughs> yeah. i mean they did the haunted mansion they did Which was uh, bad. yeah 
have you seen haunted mansion i have not nor have i seen uh jungle cruise yeah it's um so it, it's kind of a fun adventure movie um they it's real weird how they handle some of the like colonialism stuff in it because it's you know turn of the century english lady going up the river in south america um yeah they 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 lightly touch on it um but they not as much as you'd you'd hope um yeah i can't remember if this is pg or not it it might be pg which is why they don't get too into it um Mm -hmm. it's it's got some weird sci-fi stuff in it that comes kind of out of nowhere (laughs) yeah i don't remember any sci-fi aspect in the ride but i haven't ridden that ride in forever yeah i think the last time i went to disney i was in like yeah i was not i was i've not been in this as an adult i'm I'm not really a disney adult so yeah um like i would i would much prefer to go to like universal studios to disney i think Um, i still want to do the whole epcot like drinking around the world oh yeah yeah I've, i've heard from people that have done that that that's actually fun yeah yeah i mean it's it's fun and then you're like I mean, because it's a lot of drinks, a lot of drinks in the hot uh, Florida sun, and um, yeah, you, you might not be super great afterwards. That is true. That seems like something you'd have to stay at the resort, so you can just like walk a hundred feet. Of, of course, yeah. Yeah, and then you know, like throw up in your toilet <laughs> yeah well and, and you know as you throw up all the like overpriced <laughs> drinks because people have uh i think like and this was before everything got like stupid expensive but i think it like somebody did it and it cost them around 300 dollars just in like drinks drink across the world <clears throat> Because it's Epcot, right? Yes, it is Epcot because Epcot has all the um the yeah, world stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the world stuff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can expect to pay a hundred and forty for your drinking adventure. No, okay. Maybe somebody got like extra. Although drinks. weirdly, okay, so there's a website called Couponing Disney, mm. and she claims that you can do it uh for eighty eight ninety seven. Oh well. I guess you're getting the, the cheap drinks. Yeah, I you'd have to be because she's outlining, let's see, Blood Orange Margarita in from Mexico is thirteen fifty. Scandinavian draft beer seven seventy five. Plum wine yeah. is four ninety nine. Oh okay. Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, that's just ordering off the like the cheap menu yeah well not the cheap menu because i mean it's but, still like but like it's beer um, yeah like there's the only cocktail on here is that margarita it's 1350 uh, okay hmm. yeah um so yeah uh like so jungle cruise is fun <laughs> if you like kind of like adventure movie type type situations um 
and can like want to turn your brain off like it's it's that same type of adventure movie as like national treasure for example yeah. um where it's not like it's not supposed to be serious it's supposed to be action stunt pieces and stuff like that um they do have a fun little joke in the very beginning when the rocks character is being introduced um uh he he runs basically a river a riverboat cruise for um white tourists yeah to come through and so he has all these little like rides uh scares and and gigs triggered up like the ride the actual ride ride. (laughs) it's actually pretty pretty funny um although you know the rock has that same thing that arnold schwarzenegger has where you just have to suspend your disbelief because like so the rock is a man who is massive yeah he's able to find clothes that can fit him in 1910 or 19 19 i think it's closer to the 20s but you get my point like i i really don't think that that guy could find clothing (laughs) he would have to custom make everything Um, yeah i'm sure he probably has to custom make everything now oh yeah i mean he has to custom make everything now so um yeah uh i see that if if you want um it's it's okay there you it's go. not great. It's it's not one that I'm I'm gonna rewatch or anything. But yeah. it's, <laughs> Surprise. It's uh yeah it's it's not like a huge dumpster fire like the movie we were talking about. Yeah yeah yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, what what is your next thing? So my last thing um is a game that I've uh I've recently been playing. It's a lot of fun. So it is twenty minutes till dawn. Um, it's a game on Steam for like $3, so it's super cheap, um, where Elden Ring kind of has that, I guess, flaw where you have to dedicate like, you know, a couple of hours to play it. You can actually play this game in, surprise, 20 minutes or less, depending on how you're doing. So it's a very, like, quick, easy game to pick up. Um, it's very akin to... Do you know the genre um, vampire, um, vampire hunter, vampire slayer? Um, it's kind of like this top-down sort of um, horde fighting game where you're on a map, you're basically fighting off a bunch of vampires. Uh, you can't actually attack, but you can get like abilities and stuff like that that will allow your basic attack to do more damage. And you kind of build off of a tree. This is very similar to it. Um, instead of the vampire aspect, it's more um, eldritch horror. You're fighting off like, oh. yeah, Cthulhu sort of spawns and stuff like that. And you have a, um, a gun that you can actually aim and shoot as you're moving around. And there is the upgrade tree where you basically, as you level up in the game, you can modify your your gun or you can end up having like summons or you can modify your speed or you can do certain things after you finish a clip or you can have like lightning get summoned every four seconds or something along those lines so there's a lot of variety to how you spec out your character and 
they have about seven characters and six different types of guns. So there's a lot of like different combos that you can do, and each character has its own unique uh, ability, and each gun has like a different way that it's used. Like there's a grenade launcher, a crossbow, um, a flamethrower. So it's it's very the replayability is there, where you can pretty much play a game with a character and a gun, and then switch it up and have a different experience in it. And um, they're constantly doing upgrades, or not upgrades, but updates to it. And it's been a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's a game that I highly recommend if you're... It's only on Steam, I believe, which is a little unfortunate, because I know that everybody does not have a computer to play Steam. Um, I mean, if I could look at Zach, I would look at Zach right now. <laughs> because I'm talking about you. Um, but yeah, it sounds like it's up my alley but it's fun yeah and i i would um highly recommend it to anybody who um kind of enjoys those like horde shooter types of games um and it's only like three dollars and i've i put in about like 17 hours into it and i haven't like and it has like extent or ascension modes where you it gets harder and everything along those lines and i haven't gotten bored of it yet so so i highly recommend it it's been a, a fun game um for its price point and it looks nice. like they are continuing to update it nice yeah that's always good when they yeah. keep things up, up to date and moving yeah if the um developer is you know constantly like tweaking things um it looks like they listen a lot to the community and take a lot of things into consideration they recently just like a couple of days ago released a new character for free so oh yeah so that was pretty cool nice mm -hmm. well um yeah my uh my last uh two things are both comics um so one of them is, it's very short. It's uh, a spinoff from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Mm -hmm. uh, so Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill. Um, and it is called Nemo, the Roses of Berlin. Um, and it yeah. is, yeah, it's set in the, I want to say 40s or so, because there are some Nazi analogs in there. But, oh. you know, the, the way that they, they that Kevin O'Neill illustrates league of extraordinary gentlemen is fantastic mm -hmm. um the thing that i like about what they do with it is that they pull from open open domain works right yeah um and in germany with with their characters having to sneak into germany what they've done is they've turned germany into a combination of how uh the stage and set designs look in caligula or uh not not Caligula, mm -hmm. uh, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Mm -hmm. um, and the writing is all in the form of like the weird pictographic writing that like they use in Nosferatu to communicate. Yeah. He's writing in magic stuff here. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Yeah. So there's, there's some really cool things that they do there. It's, it's a single issue, but it's a hardcover. I just got it from my library. Um, oh, nice. and it's, it's, 
I want to say it's probably 60 or 70 pages. Like it's a very short read. Yeah. Um, but you know, there, there's a lot of neat stuff in there. Um, especially if you are a fan of, um, cinema, because it's set in a time where there is cinema. And so because they're in Germany, so much of the foundations of what are still used in modern filmmaking were developed in like the teens and twenties in Germany. Mm -hmm. Um, like the way that they have Berlin set up is it's kind of like the metropolis from metropolis. Uh, <laughs> you know? nice. yeah. Um, so it's, it's really, really cool. Um, it's got that steampunky vibe still, uh, even though it's in closer to modern day. Um, and then the other thing is something that you can go back in our archives and listen to because Stuart and I did a whole ass episode on it. Uh -oh. Um, and I just, I wanted to get current with it. Um, so I read the first nine trade volumes of uh, Saga by Brad Oh, yeah. So I'm as current as, as we can be at time of recording. Um, nice. And yeah, it's, it's still one of my favorites. It's still so good. I have to yeah. be honest, I don't know where they're going to go from here. I can yeah. see why they took a hiatus. Um, I mean, and it's always good to have like creators kind of take that hiatus. Yeah. Well, and I, I also like Brian K. Vaughn because like he always, especially with image stuff, um, if it's not work for hire, like he will take great pains to be like the co-creator of something. And, and rather than like a lot of writers are just like, no, this is my property. Right. Yeah. This is, but like he, like Fiona Staples is, owns 50% of Saga stuff because she's 50% of, yeah. <laughs> of Saga, uh, which makes sense. Like, yeah, make, let, let your, let your artist get some of that fat cash too. Yeah. Especially if it's a, a real big, uh, IP, especially if it's a comic. Like, yeah. Um, I, mean, although I, I do think it's funny a, a few years ago, right, right when they first took the, um, the hiatus, mm -hmm. um, Fiona Staples was being interviewed on Dragon Talk, which is mm -hmm. the, the official like D&D podcast run by Wizards. Oh, cool. And um, yeah, they were commenting on how, yeah, she's she's contributing some uh, some some art to it for, for a project that they couldn't name yet. And all over Reddit, it was like speculation of like, so they're going to do Spelljammer, right? Like, why else would you get Fiona Staples? And like, the mods were having to step in and be like, "No, we we have not announced Spelljammer. We're not doing Spelljammer." Lo and behold, yeah. in August, it's Spelljammer. Yeah. Spelljammer's coming out. Nice. <laughs> it's like, yeah, of of course, yeah. If you hire Fiona Staples, who does Saga, of course you're doing Spelljammer. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, no. The the story is super strong like there's there's a short arc that i feel like the writing is kind of weak mm -hmm. in um towards the end and i can see why they would maybe want to take a hiatus i mean i know saga was yeah. released on their own schedule because it's image yeah but i feel like vaughn is enough of a like industry vet that he's like no like you have to put out something consistent um if people are gonna you know yeah um so yeah i feel like there's there's some weakness towards the end before the hiatus but i'm i'm looking forward to it coming back and 
Yeah, and see where they go. I don't buy single floppies, but like I'll buy the trades. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it's just so easier to like display and everything along those lines. And I think it's nicer, and it's just easier to upkeep it. Yeah. 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 Well, so um, with that, uh, (laughs) I think that that'll put a nice button and end on a on a good note. uh, Yeah this uh episode uh it is not the trash fire episode like we had way 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 back when um way back when uh, but there will be a trash fire one day yeah one day Are <laughs> um, uh yeah so so for the the next episode let me see what's coming out in the release schedule so yeah okay the the next episode will be richard and i discussing part two of batman the animated series yeah nice. yeah it's always a great one. Yeah, that that oh. show is fantastic. Yeah, I'm having a good time rewatching my favorites to, just to just to make sure that they're still my favorites. But yeah. of course, they're still yeah. my favorites because it's Batman the Animated Series. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with that, we will see you guys next time, and um, yeah, stay stay golden. Stay safe. Be cool. Be awesome. Do something cool. All right. Bye.